So yeah, if any of you are wondering why, if I if I suddenly start making a size to something, I am recording right now with both the dogs down here with me. So oh, we do yeah. have the two podcast pups. Dude, it's so nice um, of them to join us, dude. It's been like it's every time we record, it's just like you you guys think you're too cool to be on Drunkenomics or what? Except they bark in the background, yeah. so they're still on Drunkenomics. Yeah, <laughs> so just, well, I feel like it's just like okay, so we start recording, and then now you want the attention. Now you now you want to be on. It's like well, you weren't on in the beginning, so uh, you know now you're making down. a scene. Cora. Yeah, because she's doing it now. Now she's yeah. Now, she, now that we've started, she's decided. Now she's going to get up instead of sleeping on whatever. The next you know, so so yeah, thanks for joining girl. us, Cora. Finally, She'll back down. You know, I know. Did you know that over five trillion dollars exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over two hundred and twenty billion dollars an hour. Now, how does this much money move every single day, and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkenomics. Two bartenders, who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business, are going to sit down and drink to the global economy and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one, and have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. All right, guys, and welcome back to Drunkenomics, the drinking podcast with an economics problem or two. So I am James Goldwater, your hostess with the leastest. Yes. Basically, if there was a song about this, um, if you're having Grace problems, I feel bad for you, son. I've got 99 <laughs> problems, and Grace is not one. I am utterly without Grace. Just, the VIX is under 15. Under, it's 15? under 15? It's a sub-15 VIX, right? The, that, the 30 day I, VIX, you know, just to be clear, we're, we're the 30 day VIX, I, so, yes. I am so I am so utterly without Grace that, like, I would be turned away at most dinners. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but that, of course, means that Aaron... Yes. That's your name, right? Yes, that, that is my name, Aaron Wong. So glad uh, how, to be here and how to be gracious, a one in front of... How gracious are you right now? That's like... I, dude, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't feel that gracious, but apparently, are you like, according to the VIX... Are you like Swan... Are you like a leading ballet dancer in Swan Lake or like a... Dude, I, like a an Olympic gold medalist, like dude, uh, figure skater right now. I'm just like more gracious. Pure than, grace. I'm like more gracious than Natalie Portman in Black Swan, which actually that's actually a pretty low bar to clear. But like you know, but when she's dancing, her dancing scenes, you know, she's, so like you're like you, you could blow Barishnikov at his best out of the water right yeah, now. Yeah, dude, I, I'm so I'm so gracious right now. It's not even funny, but I it's I don't feel that gracious right now. It just doesn't. It, but for some reason, the Vix is at like fourteen eighty eight. You know, no one's buying options. No one, you know, not even James, you're not doing the, you know, as Tim would say, you're not buying the heaps of, of puts and calls to boost I'm, the VIX up. I'm not. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's just a problem of uh, liquidity. Well, <laughs> I don't have VIX affecting liquidity. Probably spent um, that all on, uh, on, uh, on rum, but I don't blame you at all. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I'd rather do that than uh, my puts and calls, but yeah, uh, so glad you all can join us. Hopefully you have a nice stiff one in front of you, unless of course you're about to drive somewhere. Then in that case, get to wherever you're going and then have that stiff one and enjoy it with us. Uh, but with that said, if you also want to join the conversation, we welcome all inputs and outputs or whatever other kind of puts there are, aside from put options, um, <laughs> unless you're shorting put options. Then in that case, check us out at Drunkonomical, D-R-U-N-K-N-O-M-I-C-A-L. That's us on Instagram, Facebook. And of course, separately, but uh, still kind of the same, but still exactly the same. Exactly the same, but very different. Yeah, but very different. It's Twitter. Uh, That's our handle on all of those things. And of course, from there, you can always uh, 
find a link to our discord free to all conversations there have been great while i'm talking about our discord i must also say Sintessa Spurn. um i can't really say the uh the the thoughts and uh beliefs of my employer because i'm just not that important yeah uh maybe yeah, one, I was day. Say, maybe one uh, day at this point we're not in a position to necessarily uh give the opinions of our employer um <laughs> yeah give us time maybe one and, day and by that maybe point you'll be like huh we need to get away from this company very quickly. They're in charge somehow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or maybe one day we become self-employed enough to, you know, just say like, yeah, hey, man, everything we say is our own, is actually the thoughts and views of our employers. But until mm -hmm. then... Yeah, uh, these are the opinions of our employer, Drunkonomics, the yeah. drinking podcast with at least two economic problems. At least two of them. <laughs> yeah, one named Aaron and one named James. But until then... Exactly right. Yeah, but until then, uh, I must say that these things that we're about to say, they're our own opinions and nobody else's opinions. Uh, this is not financial advice, so please don't uh, construe it as such. And if we do say something that happens to also align with the thoughts and views of our employers, uh that is pretty coincidental but uh absolutely gotta get that out of the way yeah you know and then um, obviously if you hear us talking about something go ahead and do your own research call call the bluff never invest more i mean the only financial advice we'll give is a very simple one and it's mm -hmm. never invest more than you're willing to lose right exactly, so yeah. you can't afford to lose it and you probably can't afford to invest in that yeah position. All, all financial assets all financial securities have risk so be aware as to what they are and uh what potentially might be at stake before you buy um, a stock, a bond, uh, a cryptocurrency, whatever. Anything, it is, any right? kind of, any kind of, any kind of security, asset, equity. Exactly. I mean, script, yeah, anything. Yeah. Um, fixed so, income. Fixed income. Whatever it is. Gold, whatever, any asset class, right? Futures, forex, whatever it is. But yeah, uh, seriously, so glad you all can join us. Uh, with that said, what? Uh, I, I guess we should talk about the elephant in the room, which has been the debt ceiling. I mean, that's that was our big thing from last week. Yeah, it How, turns out uh, the room wasn't all that well built. Yeah. Um, the elephant just busted through the wall and went right out. Yeah, exactly. It just uh, it was in. It was here for about uh, a week. Actually, it stayed around longer longer than I thought. But it was, also it not was that the long. better part. I thought, of, I thought it was the, the better part gonna, of five months. Yeah. Well, I thought that when they said when Janet Yellen was like, "Okay, we won't we have enough cash until the fifth of June." I really thought we can that get to that, Monday. Yeah, I really thought which is today. Today is the fifth of June. Like, I really thought that it was going to take up until the fifth of June for them to actually come up with the deal uh, and, and pass through. You know, every um, every branch that they needed to pass it through. But to my surprise, they they got it done. On the first, the house last did. week, house, the house got it done on the exactly. first, the Senate on the second, which was great. That was yeah. great news. That was um, it was exactly what we needed. Yeah. The if if because Aaron and I, you were you and I were talking. There, there's kind of a reason that markets didn't go wild until Friday. Yeah, and so it would be because yeah, I really thought well, it was going to go wild on Thursday, but I mean I didn't trade into well, it. It's still, I, it's still, I it still had to clear the Senate, right. and um, I think the issue there was is you had is there were something like seven amendments to it that were oh. up for debate in the senate uh they were all voted down none of them were none of them were attached and so the that whatever the bill that passed the house then passed the senate after debate oh, gotcha. and then that's why markets felt free on friday right so the second it was through the oh. senate biden very clearly stated he said hey i'm gonna sign this to the law i'm gonna sign it on for i'm gonna sign it on saturday i think he said i'm gonna sign it this weekend yeah but he said he wasn't he wasn't gonna sign it friday yeah well i think what he'd been saying all week was if you get if you get a bill onto my desk i'm gonna sign it right yeah. like that, that's pretty much what he'd been saying all week so well he ne he negotiated the the bill that passed the house was the negotiation between him and the speaker between him yeah, and, speaker him and kevin yeah uh, what's I'm very gonna, interesting to me is, is yeah it's looking at the vote um 
Entertainingly, the bill brought to the floor by Republicans had more Democratic votes than Republican votes. Really? <laughs> yeah, Did it surprise no. you, though? Like, Not really, but it, it, it should say something. Wait, so you you're saying you're surprised that I got more Democratic votes than Republican votes? No, I'm not. What I'm saying is that should say something about what's in the bill. Yeah, okay. It's, well, and we talked about it last week. Like, if we had to give an edge to the political party that won the debates, that won the tug of war between uh, between the debt ceiling being held hostage, we, we talked about it, right? Like, the Democrats won, but yeah. usually that's kind of what happens. Like, Yeah, when you're, generally speaking, uh, when you, if, if you don't control the executive and one of the two legislative houses, you're like, be the, the party that has the executive and one of the two legislative houses, generally speaking, is going to win. Well, and the other, the other way to look at it, too, is because like they, the, the Republicans essentially were saying like, hey, like, we'll like, you know, we're willing to, to play chicken and risk default of U.S. government debt. We're willing to risk default if you guys don't compromise, so, which is a really foolish some thing Some Republicans. Do. Republicans were doing that. Yeah. So some Republicans. Yeah, so they, I, what, I'll, what I'll say is this, yeah, if that yeah. seemed like a, an issue in the House. With some of them. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the party as a whole. McCarthy needed to protect the speakership. In the Senate, I think it was pretty clear that Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer were both like, this is the dumbest thing we've seen yeah. since, like, I don't, I have no example. Yeah, well, I know, but like the Republicans that opposed the bill, they essentially had to choose between trying somehow to miraculously get the Democrats to compromise a little bit more than they wanted, or complete economic catastrophe so if yeah. those are your two choices well they're, it's but, like, well, but they're also they're also I, a, f- a fringe group within their own party exactly so like they're like it's not like a, the, the actual I mean, and, and, the, you know. and the democrats also have fringe groups within their caucus right course, so when yeah. like so when a caucus of 30 is trying to steer you know 212 people it's like i don't need your votes i can get 30 reasonable guys across the aisle yeah, I can get 30 reasonable exactly. people. Yeah, you get right? some friendlies it's, onto it's, your side that, uh, that can yeah. compromise a little bit. It's like, all right, well, now we have a deal. Now we've avoided well, okay. it. And now, and now we can discuss, oh, there's, there's some concessions you need, but they're reasonable economic concessions. Fine. Yeah. Okay. We can give you that. I don't agree with it. I don't necessarily want to do it, but it's a small and reasonable price to pay for not driving the car into the wall. <laughs> you know, or flying yeah. the plane into a mountain. And if, it's like, yeah, and if, uh, if the tables were turned, like, you know, like if the Republicans had control of the, of the White House and if they had control um, of the House, it's like, like this probably would have looked the same exact way, but like the flip side, you know? Oh yeah, no, it would have, so, it would have been a, well, I think the negotiation would have been a lot quieter. That being said, like well, Pelosi's I mean, out. And and so now it's Hakeem Jeffries for the Democrats in the yeah, House. Yeah, well, I mean, we always think that these things are going to be a lot quieter, anyways, you know. But they never actually become like that. No, especially I when mean, there's too and much. I guess, you know. and I guess we do have the we have the we have the government shutdown in what 2017 yeah. to look back to. But at That's the same fun. time, like I, I kind of look at that four years of I look at that particular administration and I go, they weren't. It wasn't particularly adept um, politically. Yeah, so, and so. <laughs> And so you end up at this point where you're like, well, all right, uh, maybe that one's a mulligan. We pretend <laughs> and we pretend for like precedent setting purposes that that doesn't have any. Yeah, but the, sure, in terms of yeah, like the economics not? and the passing Wait. of laws, not necessarily other things, but like yeah. specifically that, like why fire Janet Yellen from the Fed and appoint a hawk when you're looking for a dove? And Jay yells as a dove. Yeah, that's that's still to me is just like why you know and Jerome Powell. Donald Trump threatened to fire that guy so many times. So it's, you know, yeah. because because he had rates at like two, you know, the Fed funds rate was like at 2% or something like that in 2018. He was like, why is it 
Why is it not like Germany's Fed funds rate? Or because Germany whatever, doesn't you know, have people like, buying anything. I know, well, <laughs> Germany I, has different remember, problems. Remember when he was like, when he was like, look, look at Germany, mm-hmm. Japan. Their interest rates are so low; they're flowing with cash. And it's like that's not necessarily a good thing. I was like, yeah, but, but yeah, but, I, I just thought it was funny, like that. You know that our previous president Donald Trump did that it was just like you know he he entertainingly it worked out for the well, best. The, well, the, the like, whole the whole he, threatening he legitimately Jer- put the right man in the place. For what no one knew was coming. Yeah, and I do think Jerome Powell was actually, like, if you really think about it, I think, I, I don't want to compare him to Paul Volcker, but I think he's being Volcker-esque. And if you look at, like, I, I think he, funds, I think he might be the Volcker for this generation. Yeah, I think he's the Paul Volcker of the of the post-2000 central bank. Uh, yeah. I don't know what you He's the it. Volcker of the 21st century at this point. There we go. That's that, that's one way to put so it. So far. But, like, you know, and especially if you look at like the Fed funds, the, the future, apparently the markets for whatever reason, and we talked about this a month ago, and I think we talked about it last week too, but like they were projecting about an 8% chance of a raise of a, of a 25 basis point rate hike next week or two weeks from now. Is it next week? Is the meeting next week? It's next week, right? Yeah, 14th, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's at the 14th or something like that. But yeah, June 14th or 15th, the Fed is meeting again. They're going to decide, you know, what they're going to do with rates and they're going to you know, kind of talk about, gather information from all the different bank, central bank presidents and, you know, kind of give their economic outlook. Pretty much the entire street, you know, like I said, a month ago, there was, they're projecting about an 8% chance of a raise. It wouldn't shock me if it's 80 for, now. For the June meeting. Yeah. But now I think it's like 74% or I forget what it was, but I saw, I saw it on Friday. It was like 74%. And it went up because, like, at last week when we recorded, it was like a sixty-six percent chance of a, of a twenty-five basis point rate hike. But now, pretty much everybody is kind of in agreement that there's going to be a twenty-five basis point rate hike next week. And yeah. people are also even thinking that there might be a t- another twenty-five basis point rate hike uh, at the end of July. That so, so that would be interesting to see. I think for June, you're definitely right. Be August. I forget when the so, meeting. Yeah, it would be August because they yeah. don't meet in June. Or I'm sorry, they don't meet in July. No, but it's um. Oh. I guess now is like kind of a, a really. I guess I'll do I'll do it now because we're at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys, let's take a time. Now, those, of you, those of you driving have hopefully gotten to your destination. So now we can raise a glass, right? We're not trying to rush you. Oh, so yeah, I figured let's raise a glass to um, to the jobs report and to American workers who are the brilliant and Jolt's report who are working. Uh, yeah. Labor market. What the heck? To the labor market. Absolutely unbelievable. Good stuff, guys. No, it's amazing. It's uh, it's we got this. So we got this amazing May report. So what yep. we added 339,000 jobs in May. They expected 190, yeah. right? So it, it blew it out oh, by 100 and almost well, it blew it out by almost 100%. I mean, that's yeah, crazy. Almost double what they yeah. ex- what was ex- what was expected. And then if we if we look at the Jolts report, right? So Jolts so so um, job openings layover turnover. Yeah. Uh, layover turnover. Server, what we see oh, is that I'm saying the jobs report said we we're actually at, we have 10.1 million openings so yes. we we added three hundred and thirty nine thousand jobs at the same time as we added three hundred and fifty eight thousand on top of that new openings right so more yeah. new openings than there were new jobs layoffs are down two hundred and sixty four thousand voluntary quits down forty nine thousand so this is showing me that companies aren't getting rid of as many people or aren't laying people off people aren't leaving their yeah. jobs as frequently right so People are staying where they are by one means or another. Mm-hmm. There's more openings present, and we added 339,000 jobs on top of that. Yeah, so that's that's exactly like you've always heard like, or you, if you're one of those weird people who sees like things like, well, that's nightmare fuel. Like someone <laughs> just like gives like you see something in a movie, or someone's like, oh, that 
like a clown that can slip under doors and, and this, this, or this. Yeah. And, and you're just like, well, that's truly horrifying. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. It's going like, to keep you awake. Yeah. It's that thing that keeps, it's that thought that keeps so yeah, you awake. It's just, it's, just, it's truly yeah. awful. But like, so if you, if you, if you needed any kind of like, oh, rate hike fuel, <laughs> jolts in the jobs report, rate hike fuel right there. Yeah. That's all, I mean, that's all those hawks need to really yeah, get going. And I think that's the reason why the, uh, like the, the chances are, I guess what the street was expecting, you know, the percent chance of, you know, like finance is all probabilities, you know, it's all statistics and probabilities, right? But yeah, like the probability of a rate hike for next week kept going up throughout the week last week because when we recorded it was like sixty seven percent. Yeah, of it was rate hike it, of twenty five basis point rate hike, and I was kind of surprised you know, it was that high. I figured that they'd be like it was it, it was like sixty seven percent chance. Yeah, assuming they pass a debt ceiling bill and a zero percent chance assuming they don't. Yeah, <laughs> you know, one of those things. Yeah, exactly. Like, eh. Which like yeah, which I, I mean I, I think I, I don't know if the Fed really ever even considers. Uh, the probability of the U.S. government to fall because I just don't know. I, I mean, is that in their? Pur- I don't know if that's in their purview or if that's something that they factor into their decision making. I because think it's never happened. Yeah. You know? On the one hand, it's never happened. On the other hand, I think that this last these last two meetings they may have actually been off the minutes talking about it. Yeah. Well, and, it's, and, like, it, 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 and if you ever want to see the, and I have to imagine that the Fed was like drunkenomics when they were doing it. They were all <laughs> drinking and just going, "There's no way they're this crazy." Like there's. I know. Because they have to be sitting well, there going, like, remember, there's no Remember way. what I was saying? I was like, I was the one that was like, I'm I'm pretty confident that they're going to get something done, that they're not, they're going to avoid default. And, you know, I was right, even though I didn't feel that confident saying what I said, but I did actually believe something was going to happen, that they were actually going to get through something. Because, like, at the end of the day, if they don't co- reach a compromise, you know, like, what is the Fed, like, how important is the next week's Fed, is next week's Fed meeting if they don't, if, if they don't reach a compromise, right? It's, oh, it's not. Exactly. At all. So... There's that to think about, but like I think now that we have reached compromise, it's mm-hmm. it's 2025's problem, right? Like let's worry about what, which is not you know, yeah, hooray, we get to take on more debt, you know, whatever. But you know, we'll worry about it in 2025. I think you know, on the docket for right now, you know, I'm not, and I'm not excited for 2025. Don't get me wrong, but on the docket for now, I uh, am, but not know, for that. <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, for no, other I things, didn't. yes, for other reasons, but yes, for that that kind of outlook, yeah, I'm not too excited for 2025. But on the docket now, we have next week the Fed meeting, of course, on Wednesday the 14th. I'm, I got a little bit more clarity on when that was taking place. Yeah, the 13th, on, 14th. Yeah, so they're meeting the 13th, 14th, but conveniently. Morning of the 13th, guess what comes out? Pretty important number. What you got? Pretty important measure, I should say. It's not a new album, so it's got to be CPI. Oh, no. Yeah, well, I, I wish it was the Foo Fighters album. But yeah, I was going to no, say, like, wait. No, new yeah. New number comes no, out. I wish. No. Uh, yeah, man. I prefer Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters album than CPI. You know? just Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, CPI comes out conveniently. Right, like the morning uh, they first all gathered together in DC or whatever it is. Yeah, so, CPI print. That'll yeah. That I would, say it's pretty. I mean, I, look, they I, say like the the Federal Reserve, like the the officials at the Fed will say it's not as significant, and they'll say stuff like you know we only look at PC, et cetera, et cetera. Like all that's all BS, dude. They they no, they. I guarantee they're, you they're, they're paying attention um, to CPI. They're data addicts. They will take any piece of data they can get. There we go. Yes, they are data addicts, it's, dude. They they're they're. I'm sorry, not addicts. That's not fair. Data junkies. They're junkies. That's what it is. It's totally yes, different junk. it's so much yes. worse they're they're data junkies they need it all and they need yeah, it now they need it really bad now um but yeah i mean that, that's pretty that's i'd say it's pretty significant right like they they actually get to see cpi they've seen the labor market already 
So we know that there's that labor, the labor market is suggesting there is more room to raise rates. You know, the suspension of the debt ceiling or, you know, the this comp, it's not really suspension, but the compromise that they've agreed to is going to increase monetary supply like we discussed. Um, or at Absolutely. least it's not going to help. Yeah, so it's not going to decrease it. Let's put it that way. It allows go, yeah. it's, it allows the it allows Treasury to issue new Treasury bonds. Yeah, for the first time, entertainingly, the first time in about six months. So, well, five months. And so, well, if you're if you're wondering why yields have plummeted on bonds, it's because they're the U.S. Treasury is is auctioning is putting bonds into the market is is definitely yeah. well, it's no longer selling its own yeah. fifteen year bonds with three years with two years left on them that it's holding as new two-year bonds they're they're selling actually new two-year two yeah. bonds well and the like coupons that reflect current yeah market conditions if you look at uh if you if you look at the equity markets on friday i mean like you and i both like, it was something we talked about right like i you know and i thought this was gonna happen on thursday because i'm stupid but like on friday the markets rallied by like what 700 points or something like that it's ridiculous oh, yeah. You know, and it was seven hundred. Yeah, it was like seven, or maybe a P, at one point it was seven hundred, but it ended up coming back down to like six eighty or whatever it was. But like it was just, it was ridiculous. And we said like the the markets are going to rally more than they sold off for the off chance that uh, that there was going to be a government default. And sure enough, there it was. Right? Oh yeah, um, absolutely. But, and, and like I said, once it was through the legislature and they knew Biden would sign, markets went. It's a done deal. Exactly. Let's let's go, uh, let's, let's go risk on now because um, the risk free rate is still there. Right. Well, it's, it's I, I think you also had. I think you also everything. did have to contend with, despite everything else, five months of of non issues, restrained yeah. optimism, yeah. of hedging, yeah, and some sort of scarcity uh, of those of those fixed income assets too. I mean, like the I, mm-hmm. we talked about it. Like, yeah, it's hard. It's like hard the, to maintain a portfolio risk yeah. rating when well, you t- the bonds you need. Yeah, and you talk present. about bond bond yield volatility. I should say, you know, to to really be accurately stating what I'm saying, but like bond yield volatility was just absurd. You know, and like I don't know if that had anything to do with the VIX. I doubt it. But like bond yield volatility was absolutely absurd the first half of this year. You know, so yeah. I don't know. Well, Does this settle it down? We have no idea. I mean, it's it's, it's only been you know one or two trading sessions that that this has happened. Two so now. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, exactly. A week by uh, the time you hear this, um, or yeah. so. But uh, uh, also, like, because we just cheers, and that was a long cheers, but a good one. But I want to pour it out real quick to uh, to Apple. I, I don't know why, but the uh, the face mask that they created, whatever it is, it just reminds me a lot of something else. Yeah. Is it you have Google Glass? Is it metaverses? There we go. The metaverse man. pod. It, it reminds me whatever a that. lot of the metaverse, dude. It reminds me of the movie Up and the metaverse. And uh, the cash furnace that was the metaverse. I'm not necessarily saying that this is going to fail. I don't know if it will. I mean, Apple has done well, a lot I, of things and succeeded in a lot of things, obviously. But, but it, uh, it, it's a $3,500 buy. So mm-hmm. like, let's put it this way. Apple is definitely doubling down on like the markets are fine. The economy is going to be fine. People can afford to buy this like a discretionary spend well, of $3,500. let us do it. Well, the, like, to be fair, they were the only ones that didn't lay anybody off. Not the only ones, but they were one of the few ones that didn't lay anybody off. In tech, yeah. Exactly. But they also have more money than, what, 150 countries? I, I think a lot more than 150. I mean, what, there's 197 sovereign countries, out, sovereign nation states or whatever out there in the world. Yeah. Right? Apple has more cash than 180 of them, I think, or something like that. So Yeah, it's not insubstantial. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's they're pretty powerful. Uh, they have a lot of cash. And to be fair, guys, if you're wondering, like, I, I definitely agree with the poor one out to this. like. Not financial advice. I don't think Apple's a bad company. I think Apple's a fantastic but I think company. But yeah, I, I would say though, on the other hand, like 
Apple certainly has, you know, when you, when you study business, you, you learn that you hoard cash for two reasons, an acquisition or you don't know what to do with it. And yeah. this is Apple's first new product in nine years since 2014. Well, I mean, yeah. So, so obviously, you know, and like all they do is spend money on R&D, but they don't spend that much money on R&D if you think about how much cash they have. No. You know, well, that's really why the relative, dividend is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Well, relative to how much cash they have, they don't, they don't spend that much money on R&D. Yeah, they do. But they, they've, so now, they've spent a few years acquiring a lot of other businesses, like acquiring things. And, they toyed um, with the idea of an Apple car, which I don't know if that's still in the works or not, but uh, they seems, did. It's, it seems silly. Yeah, but they, personally. they did hire that guy from ford so there was oh, yeah. this is you know for lack of a better term the idea had wheels so eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all i'm saying man but uh i don't know i haven't, I haven't heard anything about it maybe i got a flat tire or something but mm. yeah have a thank you thank you thank you i'll be here all week not trying um, the fish but uh i haven't heard anything not again <laughs> okay <laughs> okay man <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I think you're onto something though when you say they, they just they don't know what to do with it, and I think they're trying to come up with another idea. But to be but fair, it, I guess if I, I guess if we were to take inflation into account and the fact that Apple was basically dead through all of the '90s. Yeah. Maybe this is balanced out over the life of the company. Yeah, like I mean, like I, I feel like when you're a company that's as that that's had the momentum that Apple has had for the last forty years, let's say, you know, like and this is kind of bound to happen. Like they're bound to like kind of get stuck and you know like, they can't find a new idea. Yeah, because like, it, it, that's, like, well, Apple, that's hard. Yeah, like, well, a new idea is fundamentally difficult. Well, yeah, and like let's say Apple decide to do a, like let's say they decide to do I don't know like just to, like a think of an idea that's just completely not within what they're normally used to. Like let's say Apple decide to make their own beer. It's like whoa, like that—that that just you know, like that would make no sense, right? You know what? But they can't not beer. They'd have to make apple cider. <laughs> <laughs> and I regret nothing. With okay. That joke. <laughs> okay, no, you win. You win that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, they—I feel like they needed to give them something. But like, if they did something like that, like an apple cider, it's like. Okay, this is not really within your field of expertise. People are going to question that, and there might, the, you know, the, the antitrust thing might actually have some some weight behind it. You know, if they did something like that, I'm not saying. Yeah, probably not in know, that field, but did. there's certainly other fields where. Yeah, but like, I mean, they could bankroll literally everybody in the apple cider industry. Like, oh yeah, they literally can. No, they could. They, they could definitely. They got three hundred billion dollars almost in cash. They can literally buy. I mean, they could buy Anheuser Busch right now if they wanted to for cash. You know? Yeah, they could buy Anheuser Busch and uh, and Molson Coors cash like right now. They could buy both those companies. Right now in cash if they wanted to so that that's why like it, it, would, it would raise some questions in terms of the antitrust thing if they just all of a sudden start doing stuff like that yeah, suddenly start um, absorbing new industries yeah it's like whoa um, you know so that's why that's why you know they found something i'm happy for them you know but at the same time this kind of reminds i mean the markets didn't like it very much you know if you look at the they stock look silly price, they look like they, it's not google glass it's, it's like it's they look like goggles they, they look, look like snowboarding goggles yeah they look like yeah that's that's exactly what they said like you know i forget who on cnbc said that today but it's like i mean who really wants to buy a uh a, you know a snowboarding goggle for three thirty four hundred thirty five hundred bucks you know and that like, you're then afraid to wear while snowboarding yeah <laughs> like it's, no it's just you bought it for thirty five hundred bucks yeah but, uh, yeah I mean but the markets if you just look at the the price action on the stock I mean it it didn't like this idea I think the markets were too spooked by Meta 
you know, and for good reason, right? You know, so this is why it's the pouring yeah. out aspect. You know, this is the pouring out. Like, I guess, I guess where I'm at is like, I didn't understand what Meta was trying to do. It didn't like it. They they couldn't explain to me what Meta was, why Meta was. It's like crypto. They can't. <laughs> no one can fundamentally explain to me. It's like, well, like uh, that's what block, happens. When you blockchain. Have. I understand. Like blockchain, there are there are applications of blockchain that I go, oh, that makes sense to me. Well, I think that's just kind of what happens um, when NFTs start taking off. And then people, yeah. you know, and, and I, that was a hell of a way to get, you know, to really, to really jump in and become the leader of that crave was, you know, hey, if you have NFTs, you could really actually use them still, you know, the explanation of how you're using them in the metaverse made no sense to me. But uh, it was like, here, you can actually like hang your artwork up in your house in the metaverse, right? Which still doesn't make any sense as to why I would pay a million dollars for an NFT, but like, that, that, I think that was kind of the application. That, that's kind of like their workaround. Yeah, you know, no, was, and, and like, like you know. and that, like that explanation makes sense. Like why they would try, but it, like the oh, the rest of it doesn't. It's like it's like someone going like, "Hey, did you hear about Metallica's new um new like bagpipe country music album?" I'd be like, That'd be "Pretty cool." What? Why? <laughs> I love Metallica. I'll give it a listen, but I'm very confused. Yeah, it just that that really wouldn't make. That makes sense, you know. Metallica, if you make um, a bagpipe country music album, I'll still listen to it. It's Metallica. I know. I, mean, I know on. two buyers. I know two buyers. <laughs> At least two. It'll be the most bespoke um, album since Martin Shkreli bought. Um, oh yeah, gosh, bought that album. No, that's yeah, uh, the Wu Tang Clan album. <laughs> oh yeah, that's Farmer Bro, man. But yeah, dude, like I, I, well, like I bring this up because of, of multiple reasons. One, there's like this big AI craze, right? Like, I mean, there's that meme where the CEO, uh, like it, it's like the meme of Vince McMahon. He keeps wiping his his tears oh, with yeah. hundred dollar bills, and it's like it's like every CEO that uh, that uses the word that uses the term AI in their earnings report, right? It's like yeah, like AI has been like everybody's trying to get ahead of AI. I feel like AI is like the like the the crypto of the 2023 it's like it's like oh you have crypto application all right no that's that's great you know which you know we'll, we'll see what happens i don't think there's any i don't think yeah, there's any stopping I, ai but i always yeah no i always love point. what they call it ai <clears throat> i'm not inherently certain that ai like you know artificial intelligence is a great thing same and there's like a there's like that's like a fear aspect i i but i'll say flat out a fear aspect having said that like machine learning very valuable yeah and the question i guess the question is where when does one become the other and that's that's a philosophical divide i mean let's look at it like nvidia hits hits yeah. that market cap uh, it's um, a one trillion dollar market cap it's that what one trillion dollar market cap what do with, with vaguely how, but on on ai news and then this yeah. week they announced that or uh or the last few days they've announced telling, things, yeah. that they're that they're partnering with um taiwan semiconductors that Taiwan Semiconductors is going to be the one that manufactures the next gen of NVIDIA product. Yeah. So like, if you listen to our historical episodes about, um, about semiconductors, you'll hear the difference because you'll, 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 you'll be able to listen to the technical, dif the technical dis differences between like why Taiwan Semiconductors produces so many. It's because they, yeah. they produce the vast majority of the world's semiconductors and they have better technology. They're producing at a much smaller mm -hmm. wafer yeah. size, nano wafer size than, than uh, Intel or than Samsung, which are the next, the next two, who between the two of them combine to control less of the semiconductor production than Taiwan Semiconductors. So yeah. Does that feed into AI? Yeah. Does that feed into? Yeah. Because obviously, it needs computing power in the same way that a human being needs calories in a heartbeat. Yeah. Blood flow and other and oxygen. Yeah. Carbs, CO2 sugar, respiratory. protein, all that. But yeah. I don't know. The industries are the industries seem to be 
very excited about that. I know. And it, it, like, it's been this huge craze. I wanted to talk about more last week, but I mean, there was a huge elephant in the room last week. So I had to, you know, make sure I get, I get around that. But yeah, like, I, I mean, it, it seems like everybody has been going crazy about it with, you know, like you said, with NVIDIA hitting that. You know what? I think, but like, I think you may be right. Um, I think AI might be like the, the petrochemical company, the, the you know, the, uh, the petroleum company of the next century, right? The next, like well, that next. Well, yeah. I mean, like think of all the crazes. Of, well, think of all the crazes that we had. Like first we had like, you know, not like two And then, well, I mean, but like since COVID we had, it was, it was crypto, right? Which was kind of like a re reimagination of what happened in 2016 or whatever it happened, right? The original crypto yeah. craze. And then it became NFTs and then it became EVs, right? Like everybody wanted to create an EV, all these EV companies. If you were a publicly traded company that, you know, were you're in the R&D process of creating a new electric car, it's like, all right, we'll buy your stock to get ahead of, you know, your announcement of the of your new truck, right? That that ran on yeah, we'll fund, electricity. We'll, we'll fund your awesome truck that rolls down a hill and is held together by duct tape. Yeah, um, exactly. So like, I, I think maybe that's, that's, that's probably what's going on with EV right now, or not EV. Yeah. Yeah, I keep like that confused with AI. That's uh, just the, that's just the new craze. Yeah, I, I think that if not AI, may never may not be the end result. Yeah, but the process of seeking AI, I think, will be what drives a huge amount of economic development. Right. So, like, yeah. we may not ever reach the goal, but the process of attaining the goal maybe the most rewarding economically. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's kind of like, you know, in terms of bringing it back to the, the, the jobs report, right? Yeah, like, well, no, it's, it's kind of like, if we take the jobs report and everything else as a whole, yeah. we might be able to conclude that it looks like companies are actually expanding their payrolls, expanding their expenses, trying to increase their bottom line, or their, I'm yeah, sorry, the increasing line. their bottom line by increasing their top line more oh. than they increase their expenses, Yeah. right? The well, last 20 years have been a lot of companies trying to increase their bottom line by decreasing the space between their top and bottom line. Yeah. Right. Well, because I mean, like if you think about it, slimmer. Like, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know what you want to call the cycle in the economy. You know, like I, I don't know if AI is like if that is what's going to like spearhead us avoiding a recession, because I think some people are saying that and I'm like, whoa, it's like a ticker away here. But if you look at the job, the job market, it's like, wow, like this, this. That alone screams no recession. So I don't really know what to call this cycle in the economy because it's like, I don't want to call it a recession. Yeah, but like, uh, I see all these layoffs. I see all these headlines and, and all, you know, and, and inflation. It's like, whoa, like interest rates being hiked the way they did and all these bankruptcies that we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, um, the high, highest, rate of, like, highest rate of bankruptcies since 2010. Yeah. 263 major corporate bankruptcies so far. Yeah. Or 264 major corporate bankruptcies so far this year alone. Exactly. And, and they and include, we also have, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond's, uh, Silicon Valley Bank. I yeah. mean, there's eight, eight so far yeah, that are worth- Whitaker, Clark & Daniels, that's the other one too. Yeah, Whitaker, Clark & Daniels. Yeah. So there are, eight, there are eight firms so far in 2023 that have filed for bankruptcy that have yeah. over a billion dollars in liabilities. And this is just in the US. So Whitaker, Clark & Daniels, Bed Bath & Beyond, LTL Management, SVB, Diamond Sports Group, Avaya, Serta oh, yeah. Simmons. Avaya is um, a huge, betting, Avaya's right? a huge so company too. Yeah. Gotta love those mattresses. Uh, and then Party City, which I'll be honest, I'm surprised didn't happen sooner given the fact that I haven't seen a Party City in 10 years. Um, <laughs> no one's partying. What the heck? Still, I'm partying, but well, you know. <laughs> well, 2020 wasn't good for parties. Let's put it that way. I, yeah, um, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty fascinating because I just like, you know, it, it's kind of a weird cycle. You had you had a name for it earlier while we were doing our two shots before the mic is hot. I forget what you said. Oh, it was like, 
It was like the financial. Oh, I forget what you said. It oh, like, yeah, no, it was okay, a great okay, so term. Like, yeah, uh, I think it, I, I think we're looking at essentially financial recession, economic economic fi- economics like economically fine, like or economic yeah. plateau or financial plateau, economic growth. It's it's this very yeah. Because like, um, what were the catalogs? Like, what were the, some things that you're seeing? You're like, okay, so inflation is really persistent now, or or yeah, I we've guess, got we've got you know, inflation year, persistently. Yeah. We've got inflation persistently high. Mm-hmm. We know we know that for, we know that from 2008 on, like after the 2008 crisis. And everyone was like, oh, well, why was inflation so low in the US and like in currency and consumption? I was like, well, if you, but if you count stock market too, it's because every extra dollar wasn't, you know, oh, why weren't, why weren't firms buying concrete? Why weren't they doing, why weren't people buying things? It's like, well, firms weren't necessarily hiring people. They were yeah. buying back stock, buying back, you know, Oddly debt enough, that was paying out too back high. Stock, but yeah. They were, well, yeah, but, <laughs> but it's, you have these companies that instead of growing to increase their value, they were slimming down internally, right? Uh, laying yeah. off staff, getting rid of bad sectors in their firm, leaning up, uh, but then also making their stock more attractive by, you know, ba- balance sheet changes. Yes, balance not, sheet manipulation. Not real. I don't, I don't call it's balance not manipulation. Well, it is, but, but it's not like, it's not negative. It's just well, they're making yeah, themselves yeah. more, attra- for lack of well, better terms, you, you they were see... photoshopping their balance sheet. Yeah, you, not well, actually. Yeah, I mean, but they, they weren't fudging with the numbers. They were just, they were doing no. things to make, the, to make their balance sheet look really, really strong. No, they were photoshopping. They were fixing it in post. They were photoshopping. They, yeah, they, there we go. It's, they're fixing it. Okay, fine. That, that's a good one. They're fixing it post, but they weren't doing anything wrong. It was, it's all, yeah. it's all gap accounting. Yeah, but... it's all legal. It's just, they were, they were making themselves yeah. look better on paper than they perhaps were in practice. Exactly. So right? trimming your it's, trimming your workforce, I, yeah, like that. Like Aaron, we both know that when you wake up hungover, you've really yeah. kind of got two to th- you got three ways out of it. Yeah, right? you can try and sleep it off and, and pretend it's not happening. Well, hide so, from it. I mean, which, I think are, are you speaking now to like the resiliency of the workforce, right? Like why why nobody like seriously because like i mean even i mean not manufacturing isn't up but it's not as down nearly as bad as what people thought that, that no you know I, and like you would think that you know interest rates being up you know 550 basis points from a year and a half ago like it would affect it would affect you know industrial output expect, you expect you know, to affect the expansion of industrial output you'd expect it to expect uh, to uh, affect a lot of factors to do with production and expansion of facilities, but at the same time, let's let's look at it this but way. It's not, yeah, it's um, it's not doing that, which it reminds me. A it's lot like, of the U.S. economy is service. A lot of the U.S. economy is professional services. Well, those can be worked at from home. You don't necessarily yeah. need the office space, so you don't have to expand your office. You don't have to get a loan oh, yeah. to build a building. I mean, real estate is still um, a, a travesty right now, but a disaster. Yeah, you know, housing is one way, and um, commercial real estate's the other. Yeah, <laughs> it's very interesting. You know, industrial manufacturing. There, there are other aspects of it, which is to say, is uh, maybe instead of expanding your production facility, you add a second shift, or you expand your second shift, and you just say, "Hey, we're just going to produce more around the clock. Yeah. We use the same facility, we work twice as hard." Yeah. So, um, so this kind of goes back to the the hangover analogy, right? Where like we've had all this ten years of very easy monetary policy that has really absolutely. essentially it, it's it's kind of like you know we've used previous analogies of just getting drunk at the bar, right? Like. Yeah. Easy monetary policy is just like when drinks are a dollar. It's like there's a, there's a bar in, in it's just north of downtown Orlando. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a railroad track that runs behind it and trains go by mm-hmm. at night and they and they know the schedule of the trains. And so they make railroad shots. And so every time a train goes by, if you're there, you get a free shot of like a, of just this little tiny thing. That is that is what 
easy the, credit is. It's that's, it's, yeah. it's the, you, get, you get a free shot. You get a free you yeah, get a free just, loan. You get a free loan that you get to spend money on. And normally speaking, the idea is that you would take this this loan that's almost free and you would build another factory to get some to seek some ROI because you're not paying a lot of interest on this. You loan. seek more revenue right? and then. So, and then that revenue yeah. allows, and you have expanded revenue. And with that expanded revenue, you yeah. also get expanded but, expense. But when, yeah, but when these loans become a little bit more expensive, right? There's supposed to be a hangover after ten years. You know, when you have to refinance all these old loans, like you, you think that after ten years of easy monetary policy, that there was that there's going to be some sort of hangover. Well, you'd you'd think that if they'd if they'd spent the money correctly, they'd be in position to just be like, okay, you know, yeah. the factory is now paying for itself. Maybe we don't need to expand right now well, maybe, because we actually we actually are on a sounder financial footing. But that's not what they did. They didn't build the new factory when it was easy. They airbrushed and photoshopped themselves. But maybe Be that's pretty. what's happening now, though, because like there's there's a lot of resiliency in in in, in this labor market. So I think it's just kind of like yeah. that old adage of a hangover, where like you know you've had easy monetary policy, now you're a little bit hungover because monetary policy has has been tightened like has changed. Yeah, I mean it's tightened like a freaking screw. Uh, in, in literally super fast right in the last year and a half ish so now there's this hangover and to what you're saying earlier there's really three ways you can deal with a hangover right there's pretend uh, it's not happening yeah yeah um which is to say you stay in bed and just want it to go away i'm not going to do anything you yeah. can um you can pull an air and you can go hit the gym yeah and try, um, try to work sweat yeah, it try off to work it out work, work it off yeah or you can try to put it boxing. off or you can put it off you can be yeah. like oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna Hair of the dog that bit me. I'm gonna go have a drink and yeah. see if it if that'll stabilize me. Well, in our scenario, pretending it's not happening. Well, that's why you end. That's how you end up in bankruptcy is yeah. by is by just refusing to accept change in economic conditions. Yeah. The other one, just having a drink. Well, that that recalls you. That requires you to just get a new loan at yeah. much higher costs than before. Yeah, and it's it's gonna it's gonna create some servicing issues, some debt servicing issues. Oh, absolutely. You know, just like when just like when you're if you just get you know to avoid a hangover, you just get drunk again. It's like okay, well you're gonna be hungover tomorrow. Yeah, right? yeah. and, and eventually you can't you know, run. Eventually you can't run from this. It creates very different structural problems. Yeah. So the other one is you have to work. <laughs> you have to dig your way out. You have to work your way out of it. And yeah. um and exactly. that's and that's I think where a lot of these firms are at. A lot of these companies are at. They're like they've realized it's not necessarily about being stock market viable it's now about being operationally viable yeah. because they've seen i think a lot of people have seen that if they if they aren't operationally viable firms eventually the stock market will abandon them yeah when i think for some reason i think one thing had to do with the other because there's the you know i, I feel like a lot of these companies have used the issuance of stocks because there has been so much inflation in the stock market that we, that we talked about like oh, when yeah. inflation didn't exist in the economy you know, like for instance, during the last administration, the labor market, I mean, if you look on paper, the, the, the economy was insanely strong, you know, in 2018, 2019, like it was, we had a very resilient economy and inflation was low. Job, you know, labor markets were really strong. Uh, wage growth was okay, but, you know, acceptable. But well, inflation was yeah, low. There wasn't a, wasn't a lot of wage growth, wasn't a lot of. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, but wage growth inflation. was just like on, like, it was on par with, it was on par with historical, like, historical wage growth, but like inflation was super low. So we were like, okay, how can the market, how can the labor market be this strong, right? Like, the labor market is. Especially insane. when saving rates are negative. Yeah, well, like, it's, like it's, it's, if, if, if the saving rate was high, we'd be like, oh, they're just sitting on their money. People are just putting it in the bank and sitting on it. Well, I, well, I think that what would blew, be explainable. Yeah, well, what blew us both away was inflation was so low. Yeah. You know, in 2019, we're like, you know, this is like when we were in the in the building blocks of drunkenomics. It was like, 
Why is inflation so low? This makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. And I think saving saving is low, inflation is low, wage growth is high, job growth is high, the economy is fundamentally strong. Where's the money going? Yeah, and I think it's it like, spoke to what you're saying. What you said during COVID too. For this is one of the first things you said. I think you said this in like fall of 2020. You're like, where's the inflation? Oh, it's in the stock market. It's in the stock market. When when the balance, absolutely it was in the stock market before COVID. COVID happened. And it got crazier de- during COVID. Yeah, got, their massive, the casinos closed. Yeah, massive deflation, and then of course expansion of the balance sheet or the Fed balance sheet to nine trillion dollars or just shy of it, whatever the number was, and. Boom, massive inflation in the stock markets, which is what you said in, 20, in all of 2020. That's where the inflation was. You're like, because we're, we're both like, okay, where's all this money going? There's, I mean, there's just money being printed and just thrown at the economy. And we only saw one thing and growing. It, there weren't, it wasn't job creation. It wasn't yeah. expansion of factories. Gas prices, gas prices were still pretty low. It wasn't gas. I mean, like, it was, it, you know, egg prices were still really low. And it like, and we're like, where's this money going? And then we looked at the stock market. It's like, okay, S&P just well, crossed about 4,000. Kind of weird, right? You know, more like money went into the stock market this year than in the last decade. Yeah, Tesla. In the last yeah, eight exactly. years combined. Tesla, so it's yeah, like, we're well, like, we're like Tesla's doing another stock split. What the heck? You know, like yeah. And that's like, what you can say. like, okay, well, there. That's that's where the money had. That, that's where it is. Yeah, it's been diverted here. That's what happened in 2010 to 2022, and it's like, okay, one thing could lead to another, which is what kind of what I was saying earlier. Like, where like you could issue more stocks, If people are willing to pay 30 times PE for your stock versus 12 times PE. Not a bad time to issue stocks. I'm nope. just depending on you know your circumstances, right? But yeah, maybe maybe that was a good way to to bring in a little bit of cash, make debt ratios look a bit look a little bit more enticing to investors, and uh, and who knows? But yeah, I just think this is just a really fascinating time in the economy because I'm just like I don't know what to call the cycle. You know, I it, maybe it is a financial recession because I, I think the biggest bankruptcies that we saw this year. Have really had to deal with financials, and if you think about like interest rates, interest rates affect financials companies that work in financials or that are more. in the financial sector a little bit more. They affect them first, right? Yeah. Same with the, like. Well, I mean, markets. generally speaking, in a, generally speaking, a high interest rate environment is good for the financial sector because they can be more selective and make more money off of fewer loans. Yeah, but it's also um, it's also damaging too because if you're sitting on a ton of if you're sitting on a ton of fixed income assets, like which most people that own fixed income assets yeah. are banks. So uh, if you're sitting yeah, on yeah. fixed income other... assets, that's that's detrimental. And of course, if, uh, if um, you know- Well, it, and when I say like generally speaking, you want a higher interest rate environment, what I mean is, you know, a, a 25 basis point raise, that, that it's, it's that and then you plateau. For a period, and then yeah, you yeah, yeah, like a, sure. a medium, a medium term period, and then you, and then they raise again. You're like, ooh, yeah, I can just keep not 550 it's, basis it's, points in in 19 months. in a year. Yeah. No, yeah. that's that is yeah. No one's prepared for that. That's um yeah. yeah that's that's I got nothing oh. for. I have no analogy for that. That's shooting moonshine. <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. But you know, like so to, to your point, yeah, I think. uh this rate hike cycle, I think, really has really just been a kick in the nuts to the financial sector. Oh, yeah. Uh, but if you look everywhere else, it's not like it's really not that bad. It's, it's kind of nice to see inflation go down. It is. I mean, because it's not just us. Europe did, too. Europe came in at, yeah. what, 6.1%. Yeah. Just well below their estimates. Yeah, um, I think UK came. To, the UK came down too. But was it below nine or something like that? I forget. But it was better it than was. expected. Yeah, um, it so. was much better than expected. Um, so I guess uh, Rishi Sunak is doing something right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, I think it's I, I you know I, I think it's pretty fascinating, and we'll, we'll see. Like I, I think the financial sector right now, hopefully, you know. Uh, I don't want there to be a recession, but I think right now there's still some alarming things on the horizon. 
I'm, I'm just tired of waiting. You know, like we've been kind of like saying, we'll see what happens yeah. with credit card debt. The funny, the funny with, thing is, is I yeah. was, I was looking at, I was talking to someone and I was told that actually that, <laughs> that one of the big symptoms, and I'm not saying we have this because I don't think we do, but one of the, but or unless we do as a society, but constantly waiting for the next economic shoe to drop, constantly waiting for like that bad thing to happen or yeah. just wanting it to happen so that it's over um, is a hallmark of post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> And, Dude, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make that funny. I'm not, I'm not trying to yeah. you can get post-traumatic stress disorder from any, any number of traumatic incidents. But yeah. I think that as a, as a generation, the millennial generation, certainly between uh, the financial crisis of 2008, COVID, and then the economic crisis of 2020, um, yeah. all three of those in affecting one generation when it's trying to get on its, you know, it was just starting to get on its feet after 08 and then 2020. And it's just like, are you can we catch a yeah can we catch a break can we, can we catch yeah, a fucking because, break yeah and then, this, I, I think this modern monetary system has really just created this this system of bureaucrats that really don't know what it's like to live in the middle class they, they have yeah. no idea oh uh, you know i've often found very interesting what the definition of middle class is now <laughs> well, it, it's, it's, it's 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 the boundaries the guardrails have definitely shifted so like the goal it's drastically it's drastically changed yeah, yeah the goal certainly moved a, yeah they, they definitely moved you know i mean my parents were definitely not middle class but now they are so it's kind of like you know growing up so i think and i don't think it's and, because and, of anything and they and the did. problem I think is it's just you know i was gonna say the problem seems to be and i'm not i'm not saying this for your parents but i but i will say this yeah from what i've seen about what they're now defining as middle class is they're not putting more they're not improving the lives of more people up into the middle class they're expanding the bottom they're they're, they're lowering the standard for what be, they call middle class exactly yeah, exactly they're, they're, so, not like, they're not they're not raising people up into it they're lowering the bottom well that's that's to expand why the middle that's, class. That's my, i think honestly that's why my parents went from like i mean they were parents are poor and like eventually after some time, they're like, oh, we're, we're, no, we're definitely middle class. And then, like, now they're like, I think we're upper middle class because it's like they're like doing relatively well for, you know, because for their age group. So, yeah, but, it's, it, but, they have, but they're not doing anything different. Like, they're just like, you know, no. in 2008, they were poor. You yeah. Know? So, like, it's, 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 I don't know. That's the, that's just the interesting thing is it's like, how are we defining middle class now? Is it like, is it this, this, and this? Because if that's it, then like, the fifth, the nineteen fifties definition of middle class was like yeah, you owned your free. house, had two cars, a and yeah. went on vacation twice a year, that's, or at least my, once a year. That's my parents. That's literally my parents. Like that's you know, and like, like they did it without stress or, or without the same stress and thirty year mortgages, and then very very bad outlook on retirement and and healthcare costs. Yeah, um, because they had good benefits. Whereas now it's like. What's middle class? And it's like, oh, I don't owe seventy thousand dollars in student loan and medical yeah, exactly. debt. It's like not being broke isn't middle class. <laughs> like that's, that's just yeah. it's, it's, what should it's, be. But that's I, that's I'm not broke. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't know. Well, it's, now, it's, uh, now it's essentially middle class. But uh, yeah, I mean that whole segment was brought to you by BlackRock Investments. Uh, not really, <laughs> but not really. No. But, no, yeah, I would never take their money. Um, literally, I would not. I, I hate BlackRock. There's a um, let's put but, this way. Here's what yeah. I'll say. Because uh, I'm a sellout um, for a certain amount. Um, there's a dollar amount that would get me to take it. Sure. And you guys would know the second it happened. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'd be very enthused. Um, but yeah, like it's, uh, you know, it's pretty funny. Like it's, I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of the inflation has just been these, these giant money managers like BlackRock. 
and others. I don't want to. I don't want to single out BlackRock, but I am. Yeah, it's uh, not just them. They just they just happen not, to be yeah, the, it's the, for sure not. the biggest player in the game. Well, it's BlackRock, and conveniently enough, it's also a lot of investment banks, money managers in China. Like China loves buying American real estate. They yeah, because uh, because it's actually finished. <laughs> and you could live in it. Yeah, contrary to their own real estate, uh, it's actually like, like and, it's, and, it, and, it's and, actually, and I'll be honest, it's, it's it's up to code. Yeah, there's actually a structure with with wiring and plumbing and an AC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they can actually they can actually rent it if they really want to. Yeah. If, they, if they want to tomorrow, they can rent it. It's livable. Uh, Chinese yes. real estate, as we've discussed in multiple occasions, is not that. Is not. It's it's literally just a concrete four by four or uh, like a concrete wall whatever i don't know what you are yeah. but it'd be like it'd yeah, be like, like me it'd be like me buying prop buying like a huge plot of land pouring foundations and then on which saying, you could build a house on, and go, saying go, go, look at that house go live there oh go, no, it's finished yeah go live there oh you need water there's a well about uh about 100 yards that direction if you just just go there you can get you can get a oh, well no, there's groundwater underneath i mean <laughs> this house isn't in phoenix so like there's groundwater underneath you can just oh, drill your own cool. well down awesome uh, but well, no, it's, China, it's, yeah, China, it's, it's, you actually have to like go find a well. It's like there's a well over there. Well, you have to go down the stairs to find the well. But yeah, well, no, it's, it's, it's still just a hike, man. I mean, it's if you're in the third oh, yeah. floor, like it's still hike. I'd rather, I, I guess, and maybe this is, this shows me as a treadmill guy versus a stairmaster guy. I'd rather walk half a mile for than sure, like 100, and like do then like climb, then go up and down a quarter mile each way. 100, dude. I mean, I'd rather walk a half a mile than go up and down. A fifth of a mile uh but yeah i mean it's it's a pretty fascinating world that we live in i think uh you know i don't know what the next shoe to drop is we'll see we'll, we'll see there's, I, there's I think i actually think we're, we're in for like a good month i think so too i mean i don't know what i want to tease right now though because uh right now i'm all out of bourbon so i don't really know if i can if i have any more words to say uh that are worth being I do, said they're just not good yeah because no, it's it, it, worth being said um, if i'm not drinking so you know like i mean but i guess like i'll just say this i i think I, i'm in a part where i like i there's still bad stuff on the horizon i think right now it's limited to financial markets i don't think it's i don't think it's e the economy as a whole unless we yeah. unless we take into account like okay higher credit costs and people have borrowed a lot of and individuals have borrowed a lot of money and so we're looking at a kind of a credit crunch well, there, or I, I th a, a consumer decline. I still but think the big issue is is credit card credit card debt. I absolutely. Still think that's what it is. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not saying you have to do this, but I will say this: like, if you still haven't hit the limit on your credit card, you should check out drunkenomics.myspreadshop.com. Oh, oh. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. So that blackrock money has not come through yet. And you can buy some sweet merch for us. Uh, keep a uh, keep us uh, help support the podcast. Help support the. Uh, these yeah. two guys and uh you know you can find some pretty sweet stuff on there you can find the hair of the dog line yeah and you uh, can find uh some black polos black hoodies black tank tops i mean let's um, and you can find some uh, old uh podcast dog uh, some of the podcast dog stuff so the hair of the dog yeah i know it's not eddie but, but it's uh cute enough actually the cutest, it's, it's the cutest flynn, ever the, it's flynn the original podcast the greatest i love flynn middle podcast pup yeah um, but uh, yeah, but yeah, no, it yeah. inflation's down. So yeah, if you want to hedge, if you want to hedge your bets, uh, you know, some drunkenomics merch could be the the thing to hedge your bets with. Uh, with that, if you also want to leave a tip in the tip jar, anything there is much appreciated. You know, you listening obviously is very much appreciated. You drinking with us is very appreciated. It's the highlight of my week. But 
I would really appreciate it if you if you visit us on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That's C-O-M slash Drunkenomics. D-R-U-N-K-N-O-M-I-C-S. You can help us uh, keep the fruit fresh, keep the liquor cabinet stocked, the beers cold. What else am I missing? Uh, and I, I see the ice frozen. The ice frozen. See the ice frozen. That's, that's pretty that critical frozen. as we go as you go into that's, summer. The ice being frozen is critical. Otherwise, it's just water. How did I miss that? Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, seriously, anything there is very much appreciated. Uh, and seriously, I can't say this enough. Thanks for drinking with us. Every single time I, I film kill with you guys, it's seriously the highlight of my week. So with that, I encourage you as you take off into the rest of the week and into the weekend, please remember to play Chestnut Checkers, still film kill. Don't brag, just say. Don't brag, just say, but most importantly, do that one thing. What's it called again? Uh, uh, you guys stay drunk and amical out there. That's what it is. Cheers, my friend. That's it.